Cool. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jay. I'm Shaw. I'm Father Keith. Yay! <laughs> Father Keith is with us again, and um, I think we're just going to throw it on over and, and yeah. hear what you have to little... say. We are very happy to have him on. Again, this is quite the treat. Yeah, we're having a little special Advent edition to have Father on here. He approached me and said, I really want to get on there and talk about just sort of what's on my heart this Advent and sort of leading um, leading the parish to Christ this coming se- Christmas season, which is just beautiful. Um, I I love Advent. I think it's, it's a cool time of year. It's kind of like Lent and it's a little bit penitential, but it's also a very joyous preparation, a little bit unlike Lent, like how we're leading up towards this. Uh, this horrific event of Christ's life. But yeah, there was beauty after that. But Christmas is just such a fun time, and I love the preparation of Christmas. And um, I listened to it. I didn't hear homilies, the Father's homily last Sunday, but I heard a great homily just on sort of how we can kind of all be merry and uh, sort of how are we preparing our life and our home like Mary did to bring bring Christ into that um into our daily life, and that's just going to fundamentally change everything. I mean, I have three kids, and thinking back on how did those kids each sort of fundamentally change my life as they came, and what was the preparation like, and how much more so, uh, not to discount my kids, but how much more so is that preparation for Christ coming into our life this Christmas, and it's just a beautiful time to enter into prayer and a preparation, and uh, I love it. So I want to hear Father's sort of take on it and what he wants to, to tell all of us this Advent. Well, you know... You bring up Mary and Jesus, the her only child, the Son of God, and I think that's what most people gravitate towards the season of Advent is that there's the expectancy of the coming of the Son of God, born flesh and blood, but that's a historical point. And so, yes, it's a memorial of what God did for us coming in flesh and blood. But we've celebrated lots of Advents. And so it's more than just a memory. Every Advent is supposed to be something real to every generation, to every person uniquely. So it's not just, uh, oh, we remember what happened 2,000-some years ago. But God is doing something now. Even though we don't realize it, God is always at work in us. So the whole emphasis on Mary and the child, and I really do want to talk about children tonight because I think we all live through the eyes of our children, especially at Christmas, the hopefulness, the the surprise, the the awaiting, the excitement, all of those things well up I want to say memories or desires within us. Um, the older we get, sometimes the darker the world seems to be yeah. because we recognize what's going on in the world. Um, this uh, first week of Advent, the readings speak in Isaiah about the promise of the Messiah. So it's focusing on not only the the hopefulness of God, but how God will come and save us. And... Uh, one of the phrases in one of the readings for the daily masses this week was, um, and the calf shall browse with the lion and a little child shall lead them. So a little child shall lead them. 
Well, we're all children of God, whether we're eight or 80. Um, so we're all called to that path of enfleshing Christ, making as he came as a child, flesh and blood. That's our role as no matter how old we are, we are to bring Christ to flesh. And I was watching a, a DVR 60 Minutes. It's one of the few news kind of magazine shows. I remember 2020, Prime Time, Dateline. All those things used to be little vignettes of human interest and all these things. And it's like all of them seem to be gone to the darkness of the world. Um, crime and murders and just really dark places. 60 Minutes still has little vignettes of things. And whether I agree or not, I have my own opinion on some of the things that they broadcast. Yeah. Uh, but there's still human interest things. And one of them this uh, past Sunday was that they showed the people fleeing from Syria. Um, there's some 6 million people in Syria trapped within their homes, within their villages, and they can't escape. Um, a million plus so far have crossed to Jordan, and these people on the map from the Jordan um, boundary into Syria, there's no towns, no villages. It's just called no man's land. And they have to cross. There's not a shrub. There's no grass. There's no there's stones. There's pebbles and hard clay dirt. So it's not really a desert, but there's nothing growing. Some people have pajamas. Some people are wearing no shoes. Some people fled in the midst of the night. And when they come up on this little knoll, the Jordanian soldiers who are there to greet the refugees cannot cross this knoll. And so they have to wait. And so they can see the people coming. And some are collapsing. They see you know, the border of Jordan. And so they're climbing this last little hill. And the soldiers welcome them. They give them water. Um, and then there's all the trucks lined up to take the refugees to the refugee camp. And the scene that got to me was that all these parents are taking their children and forcing them on the trucks. And as they're forcing them on the trucks, they're putting their hands in their face and they're melting away back into the crowd. They're not getting on the trucks with their children. They're going, save our children, save this generation, save save these that I love and I will sacrifice myself. I'll go back. Or, And the soldiers are going, no, come on, get get on the truck with your children. And they have to wait till they get all the children on. And then when they see that there's more room, then the parents will be allow themselves to be lifted up. But they want to make sure that their children are alive. It's just like, it was heart-wrenching to watch parents force their children on the trucks, the children crying for their parents as they melt away back into the crowd after crossing this no-man's land. And that's what Christ did for us. He came down from heaven. He left the divine parent and came to be with us in not necessarily in no man's land, but man's land. Not the heavenly kingdom, but where we dwell. Um, so 
And the lion and the calf shall browse, and a little child shall lead them. That whole experience of Mary expectant of a child, and no matter how old we get being children, what do we expect out of this Advent season? Um, is it a to enflush memories of our own childhood at Christmas time? Or is it an opportunity to remember that there's other possibilities that God presents to us? Um, to be willing to give of ourselves, to be willing to be open to the possibilities that he can do something and move something in us. Um, I spoke at a, the children's mass um, this is Wednesday, December 3rd, and uh, we had school mass today. And I told the kids there was a comedian. I always, people wonder where I get my jokes from. I googled jokes, readers, digest, and hope that a story comes up that matches my homily. Because I always build my homilies backwards. I know what the Holy Spirit has asked me to preach upon. And then if there's something that's happened in my life or something... And then I try to find the joke. So I may spend hours trying to find a story or something to get me to the inspired point of the Holy Spirit from the scripture for my for my homilies. And so I found this jokes, Reader's Digest, and uh, it came up with the comedian and he had some teachings that he te- taught his children. And I including them in my homily this morning. And the first one was, don't look in someone else's bowl to see if they have more, but to see if they have enough. So don't look to compare, but share. So don't compare, but share. So the only reason we should should be looking at somebody else's life is to make sure they have what they need. And secondly was that we always have more than what we need. And the article spoke about the abundance that we have and that we take for granted most of the time in our life. So when we get food, when we are presented something, uh, do we really need all of those things? And I told the kids this morning, uh, how many people have written your letter to Santa? And we have lots of wants. I want this, 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 and this, and this. But wants are different than needs. And a little child shall lead them. Sometimes we have to be humbled by um, our own children and what they ask for. Whether it's to... I remember my sister, and uh, she was driving home from a soccer practice with my niece, and my niece must have been about 10 years old. She's now a freshman at Texas A&M, and go Aggies. And uh, as uh, she was about 10 years old, she was sitting in the back seat, and they came upon someone who was begging on the side of the road. And they had just stopped at the drive-thru coming home from soccer practice, and my niece asked my mom to roll down the window. And, of course, being a protective mother, she said, well, Why? I said, well, I, I want to give him half of my hamburger. I, I want to said, no, honey, no. It, it, he, you've already chewed off of it. You know, you've taken a bite out of it. And it says, 
Yeah, but he. The sign says he'll work for food. I, I can I not give it to him? And she had to try to, as an adult, take that innocence of a child wanting to give what she had. Isn't that really the call of all of us? Whether we're eight or eighty, um, we always have more than what we need. Um, I've been ex- exceptionally humbled by the generosity of this parish in multiple ways. Every time, as a pastor, I've put out a plea of people coming up and offering. Say, Father, we need to do something about this family or the situation, prayer, whatever. It's And so uh, as we enter this season of Advent, the sun is setting earlier and earlier. Things seem darker, but the Feast of Christmas is when the sun light begins to return. And it's a celebration of the Son of God bringing the light of heaven to the world of um, man's land. So we ask God for his encouragement. We ask to remember to be childlike, to let God down our guards, to let go of our some of our cynicism, to remember to say thank you, and to share what we have been gifted with so much. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you for that. That was beautiful. I right. talked nonstop and you guys didn't say anything. <laughs> we were in you were in the zone. You're cruising I was, through. I love um, where you take us. It's a fun journey. Um I don't have anything else to say. Father, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Uh do you want to Give a final like blessing to the parish? Well, before, I do have one yes. random Advent question. And I've wondered this many years, and I'm sure I was taught this some years ago. I've noticed four candles on the altar, purple. Knowing most things in, Cat- in the Catholicism have symbolism. Purple, why was that chosen? It's I mean, I would think red or green, but purple for the candy color well that's quite the cultural santa christmas (laughs) holiday red or green um purple because jesus is the promised one in the line of david the messiah was said to be in the lineage of david david was the king in whom the promise messiah would come from his legacy and so King, purple is a royal color. We have two different color purples. One is a royal purple, which has more blue in it. And Lent has a more penitential season. If you think about the uh, literature, piece of literature, the Scarlet Letter, Scarlet, Purple, um, it's more of a, a pinkish purple. And so it's a repentance color. So Advent is to look to remember that we are to be followers of the King of Kings. And when we're baptized, we're anointed priest, prophet, and king. The crime that he was accused of for his crucifixion, I-N-R-I, the little sign on the crucifix, um, Yezu Nazarene Rex Jerusalem, um, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews so 
he came to be not to be served, but to serve. And so our sense of preparing for Christmas is what I just talked about, the sharing of life, is that we are to be able to be a people of service, to serve one another and not to be served. And that comes from our baptism. So that's the royal sense of the lineage of David and fulfilled in us that we belong to the kingdom and serve as king, priest, and prophet in our own life. So how about pink? Or oh, many priests call rose, I know. Rose? I don't, I don't want to be wearing pink. Right? <laughs> as you uh, get closer and closer and closer, um, there's a greater sense of expectancy. And so in Advent, it's called Gaudete, Rejoice. Um, in Lent, it's the in Advent, it's the third Sunday so the Sunday before the very last Sunday. That's right. We're getting so close to the coming of the Lord that it's we rejoice at the closeness of his coming. Um, and Lent, it would, it's la terre, which is joyful. So we rejoice during Advent, and we have reason to be joyful during Lent because he's going to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. So he's reason for to be joyful. But we rejoice during Advent because God came from heaven to earth. Hmm. Very good. See, my, always a reason. <laughs> my wife was born time. during the third week of Advent, so she always just claims that week is her own. It's a joyful week because I'm here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she loves that week. So Hilarious. I like it too. But cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, happy Advent, everyone. I uh, hope it's fruitful for all of you. Um, thank you, Father, for coming on the show. We Absolutely. always enjoy having you here. Um, and as always, hit us up on get on the website, and you'll find the links for Twitter and Facebook there. Father Keith is also on Twitter. He doesn't tweet very often, but when he does, it's amazing. It is. So please follow him. Follow him at. Do you remember what your handle is? Father Keith, I believe. That's not it. That's uh, not it. If you follow us on Twitter, the the church, you'll find him as on there as well. I don't know what your Twitter handle is. We'll put that. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> it's Father Keith Lunsford. TV. I don't know. It's not Father Keith. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, you got me into this okay. Twitter thing, and I cannot get to 140 characters. I just can't do it. <laughs> you heard just me speak. You heard my homilies. I can't do 140 it was characters. Last month, last month, Father, uh, I saw him. I think it was maybe your last. He's only tweeted like three times. There's your second tweet, I think. He's like, Shaw, this morning I was almost late to Mass because I couldn't get this 140 characters thing figured out. Because I was, <laughs> it was know, Our Lady of the like, Rosary, yeah. the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, like and I could not get it. Or something. <laughs> it kept saying I was over my characters. <laughs> so it was in the sacristy there, like trying to get it whittled down. And if everyone's you go wondering, over, other? it'll just become two tweets, won't it? No. no. What? That's text messages. That's not. It's not 1990 anymore. Sorry. But you could do that. Yes. Um, anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy Advent, uh, Father. Closing prayer. Closing prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, as the days are dark, we have hope for the light. May we always be children of the light, bearing. You to the world and fleshing Christ in ourselves so we may be used as your instruments. May we be servants of your kingdom. And may we welcome those you send into our path. 
that we may always remember that we have more than we need, that we may give of ourselves in our prayer, in our life, in our love. May you bless us with your spirit that overshadowed Mary and brought Christ within her womb, that the Holy Spirit may also inspire us to bring Christ to the world. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may God bless you, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.